This is the word of the Lord. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on and ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he, is, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so today we have a special guest speaker. And I think a lot of you know um, Jamil. Jamil was uh, a part of Good News Church a few years ago uh, before he moved to uh, Indianapolis. Uh, but he is uh, he's an evangelist. And in particular, um, he has a heart to reach out to uh, Muslims and uh, Seeks, and he has been working on uh, publishing some curriculum, and he's done some teaching and training uh, in evangelism uh, and those kinds of things. And he has a huge heart uh, for the lost and a huge heart for evangelism. So it's great to see Jamil here, and I'm going to pass it over to you, brother. Preach it for us. Thank, thank you, Pastor Sam, and uh, it's great to see uh, Good News family to see family and uh, uh, great joy, great joy. So uh, when I was praying and uh, searching the topic like, Lord, what I need to share, and as Pastor Sam already shared, uh, I have passion and heart to reach Islamic people. So I thought I, I uh, when I was praying, God gave me that uh, theme a Christian perspective of the origin of Islam. You know, they are about 2 billion people, Islamic people. And what is their origin? How do we need to see them? And I was asking God, God, what passage should I need to share to share that, that theme? So that was Luke chapter 19, verse 10, uh, verses 1 to 10. And then I asked, which verse I need to share and the, the, the verse that God put on my heart, that is Luke chapter 19, verse 10. And that is, this is the story about Zacchaeus. And in this verse, it is mentioned there, Jesus said to him, to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. You know, the Islamic people and Christian, Christian people, Islamic people and us, we have same vocab concerning Jesus Christ, but different dictionary. Like we were singing song, uh, Jesus is the word from the beginning. And even the Islamic people believe Jesus is word of God. But they have different perspective. They have different dictionary. When we believe Jesus is uh, word of God, we believe Jesus is not just a prophet. Jesus is more than a prophet. He is God who created. Everything was created through him. 
like in john 1 1 it is mentioned there in the beginning was the word and the word was god and everything whatever we are able to see everything was created through the word of god so islamic people have different ideology they believe jesus is a miracle performer he born by virgin mary but the things that are needed to get saved they are denying so I, I, when i was thinking about the their their origin and god gave me this word verse luke chapter 19 verse 10 and zacchaeus the name zacchaeus means jave has remembered zacchaeus is very expressive and communicating by its meanings have you ever thought why did his parents choose that name his parents might choose that name because he was born after five six daughters in in eastern culture middle eastern culture or who knows might be he was the first born it is quite possible too that his parents got him after so many prayers we don't know in detail because bible uh, didn't share about that but one thing is certain zacchaeus was a disreputable publican a scandalous tax collector he was the man who was unbearable unacceptable and obnoxious for jewish society still the zacchaeus story is a wonderful story to learn and share as master sam already shared we love that story his character is vital and you need to learn i myself heard this story number of times since my childhood and uh, i believe it is the same with you zacchaeus with having great longing to see jesus then we see in this story uh in the gospel of luke incarnated god we see that character who became flesh and made his dwelling among us he was roaming and trampling and passing through the streets and paths and lanes of jericho as soon as he reached under the sycamore fig tree he recognized he recognized uh, a man whose heart was longing for him a person who has a burning desire to see jesus a man who was full of zeal and passion with holding a childlike faith to see jesus so the god who manifested himself in flesh remembers zacchaeus zacchaeus mean jave god has remembered and when jesus came into flesh he remembers zacchaeus and it is mentioned uh, in luke chapter 19 verse 5 when jesus reached the spot he looked up and said to him zacchaeus come down immediately i must stay at your house today so he came down at once and welcomed him we see salvation and its fruits in zacchaeus life in superabundant way a kind of great revival takes place and a great awakening occurs in zacchaeus life his life was touched by resurgence and renewal and there was crowd people people in the crowd they they were uh, they were so confused by that why they were thinking why why did jesus take notice of zacchaeus why uh, why did jesus talk to zacchaeus why did jesus provide him honor to be his guest why did jesus prefer to be lodged in publican's house in sinner's home why jesus 
uh, why did Jesus uh, think about staying at sinner's place? So many wise, many wise. And Jesus himself provided reasoning for that. He declared, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. The reasoning is so simple because he was the son of Abraham. The enveloped cognitive thought or the mystery he was saved is behind his sonship. Zacchaeus belonged to Abraham. On another occasion, you know, if we will see sixth chapter earlier in Luke chapter 13, Jesus encountered with a crippled woman. And when Jesus healed that crippled woman, Jesus declared the words in such a way in Luke chapter 13, verse 16. Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Jesus was giving reasoning to them why he is supposed to stay at Zacchaeus' home. And Jesus was saying, because he is son of Abraham, that's why I need to visit him. That's why I need to stay at his home. And church, here I found the echo of House of Islam in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. The origin of Islam. When Jesus was saying, because Zacchaeus is son of Abraham, so I have to take care of him. So where do we find this? Where do we find this, uh, this thought, like this relate to Islamic people? You know, the Islamic people, they believe, they believe in Abraham, they believe in Ishmael, and they believe like the Muslim genealogist, if you will talk to the Muslim genealogist, they will say, we, we believe in Abraham, and even that verse like Surah 3 verse 67 is very, very, very amazing, strange, interesting verse, and it is mentioned there, Ibrahim is not a is not a Jew, not a Christian. So what? He's Muslim, according to their faith. Islam came into being in 570 AD, and Abraham was so so earlier before that thing. But they believe Abraham was not Jew, was not uh, Christian. He was Muslim, and they believe. Abraham has Ishmael and Muhammad is from Ishmael's background. That is their belief. But we, that is their belief. It is not our belief. But how do we see from the Bible their origin? And I want to share, uh, you know, in Genesis 17, chap Genesis chapter 17, verses 18 to 20, we see here, Two fathers. Two fathers are dialoguing with each other. Father of multitudes and father of mercies. Abraham was there in this episode of Genesis chapter 17. And there was Yahweh God. And Yahweh God was saying to Abraham, I am going to give you another son. Isaac. God was talking about Isaac. And at that time, Ishmael was about 13 years. And God, when God was sharing about that, 
Ishmael said, no, may Ishmael live under your special blessings. Abraham was saying, Father God, Yahweh God, I'm, I'm happy with Ishmael. Let Ishmael live under your special blessings. And at that time, God said, and as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. God gave his word to Abraham. And what, what is the beauty of our God? Our God is God who is covenant keeping God, who always keeps his promises. That is the beauty of our God. Yahweh God is not ordinary God. It is not, he is not territorial God. He is God of everywhere. So he, he gave his word to Abraham. And even we see, uh, before God gave his word to Abraham, when Mother Hagar was just fled away because Mother Sarah was treated her, uh, uh, just misbehaved her. And at that time, God did speak to uh, Hagar in Genesis chapter 21, verse 18. And God said, lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And even before that, God did speak to uh, uh, Hagar and God made three types of covenant. And, and we, we are able to see in Genesis chapter 16, threefold covenant that God made uh, with Hagar concerning Ishmael. And the very first covenant, that is the covenant of children. Covenant of exclusive blessing concerning children. And we, we see the word in uh, Genesis 17 when God did speak with Abraham. God is not talking about children. God is speaking about princes. God is saying, I he will, he will, uh, the, the, the 12 princes will offspring through Ishmael. And we see the exclusive uh, blessing concerning children. Second covenant, uh, covenant of exclusive character. In Genesis 16 and verse 12, it is mentioned there, he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him. So he will be a wild donkey of a man. Most of the time we think like uh, it is not compliment, but in reality, this is compliment. And God is declaring his exclusive character. He will be a wild donkey of a man. Like it, I, I believe it is a tribute. It is, it, it is commendation. It means tough. If you will dig deeper, the wild donkey is tough, hard hitting, harsh, reliable, strong, valued. And then we see the third covenant, covenant of exclusive foreordination. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 12, he will live in hostility toward all his brothers, Abraham with another son named Isaac. Abraham has eight other children, six from Keturah and Isaac and Ishmael, altogether eight children, eight sons. And God is saying he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. So this is their background. And how do we say that, like, uh, 
they are the present day Islamic folk. Glaciers 429. Apostle Paul says, at that time, the son born of flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same now. Uh, Pastor Fred, are you are you saying something? Okay, and you know, in Galatians four twenty nine, at that time the son born of flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same. No, what is the persecuted situation for persecuted Christian? And who are the people who are behind the church? Who are after the church? And who are? Uh, uh, just uh, persecuting the sons and daughters who are born, who are born by the power of the spirit. We can see everything so clearly. Still, and they are they are, they are doing whatever they are doing, all these activities under their ordination, foreordination. They are foreordained for that thing. Who are the real sons and daughters of Abraham. Who are the real sons and daughters of house of Abraham? Are the Jews? Not every Jew. Not every Jew is the, the son of Abraham. So are the Christian? I'll say no. no. Not every Christian, but the Christian who come to know Jesus as their savior. Muslims, Yes, they believe they, their genealogy is with uh, with that uh, with Abraham, but not not them, not at all. And by all saying all these things, I'm not saying like it is a divine religion. That's not my perspective to say. But we can see the glimpses from where. What are the background? What are the roots? You know, well preached by John the Baptist, and do not begin to say to yourselves. We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Apostle Paul says in Galatians 3, 7, Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Zacchaeus' act of faith to see Jesus at any cost make him distinguished among the mob. It does the covenant-keeping God, the Yahweh Lord, who was in flesh and was walking in the sandals on the streets of Jericho, seeing the Zacchaeus struggles and efforts, approached him with kind heart and made an announcement. By coming down to the exact place where Zacchaeus thought he would be able to see the Messiah and called him Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. His decision to become a laughing star. He was elderly, uh, elderly person, a officer in rank, like the republic, a, a publican officer. But he didn't take care of all these things. He ran, he ran, and and he climbed over the tree. His decision to become a laughing laughing stock without paying heed what people will think about him provided him credentials to be known as son of Abraham. Holy Bible expresses vividly that justification by faith and not by work was foreordained beforehand and before law. 
You know, if someone believes it is imperative to be Abraham's son, he needs to believe in Jesus. One must need to claim Jesus' atonement. It is needed to come under the shadow of rugged cross. One must need his blood to wash away his sins. If anyone or someone really consider oneself the son of Abraham, he must believe in Jesus Christ. It does not matter if someone born in Christian house or a Jewish clan or a Muslim family. It is needed to believe in the saving power of Jesus Christ to get saved. Jesus is the only way to get saved. Can you imagine and believe while you hit the roads or walk in, in park and sitting at subway, Jesus is hitting the road with you? When you do walk in the park, he himself walks with you. When you are shopping at malls, he himself is with you. Can you trust it that he is not only with you, he is dwelling in you? Imagine the one who is greater lives with you and want to approach sons and daughters of Abraham. The house of Ishmael is waiting to see the miracles of their lives and for this they desperately need you. They desperately need us. They desperately need church. You know, a French theologian, Pascal, said, in every person there is a God-shaped vacuum in their hearts. Our role is to let them know that Jesus can fill that vacuum. Before the COVID-19, a uh, couple of months ago, I was in conversation with a, with a Buddhist guy and uh, uh, we approached uh, at his home and he offered us tea. I was with another missionary brother and uh, when, we offer, when he offered tea and he was sharing uh, many things about uh, his, his life and he shared, you know, my wife uh, alone, my wife ran away, uh, with her boyfriend, and I'm the only single. I'm the I'm the only one, the single parent who raised my children, and uh, I have daughter, two sons, and now they are. Uh, one is in high school, the other is in uh, college, and now I am making plan to go back and bring another wife for me. And at that point, I stopped him and I, and I asked him, Mr. Mun, you are doing great with materialistic things. You did great. You raised your children. You provided shelter. You provided food. Whatever was necessary, you did well. What about your spiritual stuff? And he said, you, you know, like uh, any other religion, Buddha told us, if I will do good, I will go up. If I will do bad, I will go down. And I said, uh, Mr. Man, I, I, I have to tell you one thing. Because you told like any other religion. And I said, you know, I know a religion and I know a prophet who said, whoever uh, believe in me will have eternal life. It's not about like uh, if you will do good, you will go up. If you will do bad, you will go down. And I asked him, you know, according to your religion, if you will kill an aunt under your feet, you are a murderer. You are a sinner and you will go down. And I asked him, I don't want to talk about ants, but I want to ask you one question. How many mosquitoes in your life you killed? How many mosquitoes? And, and he laughed. 
because he killed a number of mosquitoes in his whole life. And he said, with, with your theology, with your doctrine, you will go to hell and you will go down because you killed mosquitoes. And then I shared Jesus' message about his love, about his grace, about his cross. And when I finished my story with, Je with Jesus and I asked him, do you want to believe in him? And he said, yes, I want to believe in him. And the other brother who was with me, he said, no, we don't want to proselytize you. We are just sharing with you and you need to think about that. We, we shared a little bit more and then again I asked him, do you want to believe in Jesus? Four times, literally, I asked that thing. And the other brother was saying, we, we are not proselytizing you. We are not convincing you. You need to make your own decision. When fourth time he said, yes, I want to believe in Jesus. I asked him, then you need to ask Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. And everything will be good. And you will be in heaven. So there is, a, there is a vacuum in everybody's life. And Jesus can only fill that vacuum. Mosquitoes have no power. But God can use the mosquitoes to change the people. Church, uh, you can have two takeaway from this very verse that I wanted to put before you. Yahweh remembers the Islamic people. Because he is covenant-keeping God. In fact, his heart beats for all mankind. In Jeremiah 32, verse 27, it is mentioned there, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. They are his belonging. They are not far or aloof. He remembers because he is covenant-keeping God. He declares through his prophet Isaiah, you know, all the flock of Kidar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nabayut shall minister to you. There are two characters, Kedar and Nabayut. Who are these Kedar and Nabayut? These are, Kedar is the very firstborn of Ishmael. And God is saying, Kedar is mine. Nabayut is mine. Both are the sons of Ishmael. All the flock of Kidar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nabayun shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the glory of my house. You know, God has a greater plan for the whole world, and Islamic people are not uh, out of his plan. It is already declared, declared by God Almighty. They belong to me. You know, one verse I want to read uh, from Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 21 to 23. Israel wants an outwardly Jewish state, but God has a different plan. And after that, I will close uh, Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 21 to 23. It is mentioned there. You are to distribute this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. You are to allot it as an inheritance for yourselves and for the foreigners residing among you and who have children. You are to consider them as native-born Israelites along with you. They are to be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. In whatever tribe a foreigner resides, 
Dare you are to give them their inheritance, declares the sovereign Lord. Who are these strangers or the foreigners? Aren't these the Saudis, the Qataris, the Iraqis, the Kuwaitis, and the Palestinians? Are we ready to bring them in Jesus' flock, keeping in view they are sons and daughters of Abraham, and they are in desperate need to get saved? Do we behave like mob, thinking, why did this happen? Or just putting accusations or charges or allegations? What would be our response? When we see Islamic people in our backyards, at malls, what is our... Uh, what is our heart? Do we have heart beating for them? What is our perspective for them? God has heart for them. And being church, being his people, we are supposed to reach to them. And Jesus wants to reach to them through us. Let's pray.